With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast. Hour three. Greetings, conversationalists. Welcome across America. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, joining me by phone from Washington, D.C., where things got a little bit interesting on the floor of the U.S. Senate yesterday. Senator Pete Ricketts of Nebraska joining me. Senator, how are you? I'm doing great, Eric. Thanks very much for having me on. Sure. So I, I I read about this a little bit yesterday. You had Raphael Warnock of Georgia objecting to funding Israel repeatedly, um, despite all the calls of Senate Democrats to want to fund Israel. And and sounds like you guys on the Republican side of the aisle kind of exposed all the talk as being just talk on the Democratic side. Yeah, absolutely. So yesterday, as it's been all too often with Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, we were sitting around doing nothing, despite the fact we have huge problems like, I don't know, say, how about a, an open border where we've got a humanitarian security crisis, drugs flowing across it, or maybe the fact that we've got $34 trillion in debt, uh, almost that much. Uh, you know, just uh, think about all the things. that We're facing a government shutdown on Friday. Like, it's not like we don't have anything to do. We've got lots to do. But Schumer hadn't scheduled this for anything. And so a group of conservatives said, well, if the Senate has no pending business, we can use the Senate rules to force a vote on the aid package to Israel that the House passed. Now, you may recall the House passed an aid package to Israel that also included offsets. A crazy idea, right? Let's actually pay for the things we want to buy. Uh, so they offset the money with the aid of Israel with the um, money that the president had asked for for his IRS agents that were just going to harass the middle class. So we offset the House offset that, and then we were able to use the Senate rules to force a vote on that. And the Democrats once again blocked it. And by the way, it was just not Raphael Warnock. Uh, it was just about all the Democrats, I think, voted to block our aid package to Israel. We could have passed it last night. It could have gone to the president's desk last night. And yet Bob Casey in Pennsylvania voted to block it. John Tester in Montana voted to block it. Sherrod Brown from Ohio voted to block it. Jackie Rosen in Nevada voted to block it. Kirsten Cinnamon in Arizona voted to block it. Tammy Baldwin in Wisconsin voted to block it. I mean, people ought to know that the Democrats are basically just want to hold this up for their own political purposes. When they had the chance to vote on a bill that would have funded the uh, aid to Israel with offsets in our budget, so it would have been you know, revenue neutral, so to speak, um, they chose to block it. You know, yeah. They've been blasting Republicans in the House for not being able to get their act together and not being able to keep the government open and, and not being able to fund Israel, not being able to fund Ukraine, not being able to do anything. It, it really is kind of striking that when given a clean opportunity to do something that everyone says they want, these guys just refuse to do it. Um, I, I mean, why why do you think that they objected? Well, again, it, it, they want to use Israel for leverage with the things they want to do in their political agenda. 
So this is not about funding Israel. It is about, well, how can we use Israel to get something else that we want? It's just cynical politics. It's like, look, the House passed a bill, right? And it even had offsets in the budget to pay for it. So why wouldn't we pass the same thing, get to the president's desk? We could have had it there last night. The president could have signed it. We could have started getting aid to our ally Israel. And yet the Democrats all voted to hold it up so that they can somehow use this as a chit in some other negotiation down the road. It's, it's just completely cynical. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you you haven't been there for a very long time, but let, let me just ask you about this process because it, it does seem – to be well it's frustrating to me that we can't just pass it doesn't seem in washington small narrowly tailored bills to do things that everyone wants um that you got to pass these massive multi-hundred page bills that deal with all sorts of things just to get anything done and i mean if democrats really do think yeah we have a border problem maybe a lot of them don't actually they should be able to pass it or if you want to fund israel fund it i i don't understand why there's this need in washington to, to lump 50 unrelated things into a 500-page bill when you could just pass each of them individually. Yeah, it gets back to Nancy Pelosi. you got to pass it to see what's in it, which is yeah. just unacceptable, right? That's just not the way to run our government. And you would think that we would have the opportunity to be able to take these things separately. I, I support aid to Israel. I support aid to Ukraine. I support strengthening our southern border. We actually need policy change down there. We need to have Remain in Mexico put back in place. We need to change the loopholes in our asylum system that so many of these illegal, illegal immigrants coming across the border are using to get to stay in this country. So let's vote on those. And I'm happy to vote on them separately. I'll, I'm happy to re- record my vote on each one of those separately based upon the merits of that individual bill. But you're exactly right, Eric. Every time this comes up, Leader Schumer wants to roll these things together so he can get something else that he wants done that he probably couldn't get passed otherwise uh, rolled up into it. How okay? You you were a governor. Um, you, you you presided over an executive branch of a state. Did so very well, and now you're one of a hundred senators. How how frustrated are you to be in Washington? Because I hear all the time that governors get to get to the Senate and they're like, my God, why did I do this? Well, it really does highlight the dysfunction in Washington, D.C. So when I was governor, we started working on our budget six months ahead of time before we turned it over to the legislature. We always made our deadlines. We always passed a budget. Uh, You know, the legislature got it. They always worked with us to be able to get it done on time. And we always funded government. I I told folks that that was the most important thing we did is fund government. Here in D.C., we've got a, a problem where Leader Schumer is always trying to slow things down, not letting us do work so that he can try and get some sort of political advantage out of it. Or what uh, I've heard is that he doesn't want his members taking tough votes, which um, to me it says if if you think it's a tough vote, you're probably voting the wrong way. So, for example, uh, for the first time in five years, the Senate Appropriations Committee passed out all 12 of the appropriations bills in June and July. Two came out in June, 10 in July. And for months, Schumer has sat on those bills. We didn't start taking uh, votes on those bills until after September 30th. And the deadline to pass them was all 12 of September 30th. We haven't done a regular appropriations process in the U.S. Senate where we passed all 12 bills, the House passes our 12 bills, and the president signs them since 1996, 27 years. That's how broken this system is. We've got to fix it. We got, for the good of the country, we have to get back to a regular system that people can count on where we pass these bills, we vote on, vote on them separately, we are allowed to do amendments, we vote up or down on those amendments, and then we do the business of the people. And by the way, how about working Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, 
from 8 to 5, like most Americans do, instead of like coming in on Tuesday, leaving on Thursday, or coming in on Monday night and leaving on Thursday. In fact, they're even talking now, maybe leaving tonight. Like, hey, we got really important stuff to do. Like, I don't know, maybe pass our budget, which we haven't done yet, even though it's now November. It, Eric, it is absolutely a broken system. Now, I, I do have to tell you, I'm listening to you say that. And I think, you know, I'm kind of torn on this. As, as long as you people aren't in Washington, I kind of feel safe these days. <laughs> <laughs> I, every once in a while, I, I do think that. Now, let, let me ask you about the the, the, the spending resolution. It looks like the House uh, representatives has passed the Republicans' plan uh, to keep things going and, and kind of bifurcate uh, the spending packages, one expire maybe January, one in, in February. How do you see that taking shape in the Senate? Well, again, if you look at what we've done in the Senate, which is almost nothing, you know, we've passed three bills out of our 12. That's 25 percent in just about anybody's book. That's failing, right? Most students, if you got 25 percent of the questions right, you failed. The House, despite all they've got going on, has actually passed seven of the 12 bills. So at least they're at 58 percent. So we've shown no ability to actually pass these bills on time. So I actually like the idea of trying to do something different because we know what we've been doing hasn't worked. So why keep repeating the failures of the past? So try something that's like, okay, let's just break this bigger problem up to smaller problems. Let's start saying, hey, here's the deadline for these bills. Let's try and work on getting those things passed. And then if we can do that and pat ourselves on the head, then we'll move on to the next one. Let's move on to the next group of appropriations bills that we can get done. And hopefully we can get these done in a timely manner so that we can do the business that the people of this country have asked us to do, which is it starts by funding the government, passing a budget. And by the way, we also need to get our spending under control because we're spending way too much money. We've got to do that, too. And yeah, okay. yeah, you, you, you raised that issue. Let, let me, before you get off here, talk to you about this one, because Bloomberg had a story the other day that we are rapidly approaching with interest rates uh, where it's going to be a trillion dollars a year just to pay the interest in the debt service, which eliminates the ability to fund a lot of priorities. And I'm particularly concerned that we got to ramp up the Navy and, and the military to face China. And we're just not going to have the money anymore. It, 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 are, are we just waiting for bankruptcy to happen, it, it seems, before Congress actually takes the debt seriously? It is one of the problems around here, Eric, is that unless there's a deadline or a crisis, it seems like nobody wants to act because nobody can work together around to pass some of these things. But you're exactly right. We're gonna pretty soon we're gonna be in a situation where we're spending more on interest than we are in the military. And we have two pure nuclear competitors, China and Russia, that are getting very aggressive. We can see it with Russia's invasion of Ukraine. We see it with what China is doing in the South China Sea. We also know Iran is funding Hezbollah and Hamas. Hamas is currently attacking Israel. Uh, and we know North Korea is always hanging out there, too, ready to launch a missile. So we've got very dangerous enemies right now, and we need to start strengthening our military to deter them from more of their aggressive behavior. And with the amount of money we're spending on other things and the fact that we've allowed our debt to get out of control, we're putting this all in jeopardy. Yeah, I'm, I'm really if, – if there's one thing that concerns me more than most of the country right now, it's that – it just seems like I, I can see this national security crisis coming of, of our fiscal insolvency when China seems like they want to do to us what we did to the Soviet Union and just, just economically spin us into the ground. And I just I don't get the sense that when Joe Biden is out saying climate change is the most existential threat to the world and you've got the head of, of Chase saying actually it's uh, nuclear proliferation, we need to do something about our debt to combat it. 
uh, maybe the president needs to be listening to the banker who sees the problem and, and not to the environmentalists. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, President Biden is just so wrong on his foreign policy. I mean, he, he always has been. Let's, let's be clear about this. In the Senate, he was always wrong about issues on foreign policy as well. But now he's in a very dangerous position when he's making these critical errors, talking about climate change. You know, you know what, you know, Eric, you know what's bad for the climate? Wars. Wars are bad for the climate. Remember, like, the whole uh, Iraq invasion of Kuwait and how they set all the oil fields on fire? Right. That's what happens in war. And so if he isn't focused on deterring China and Russia, we're going to be heading down that path to war, and that's going to be bad for the environment, too. <laughs> Very much so. Senator, I mean, isn't that I crazy? Leave it like, yeah, it is. It, 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 um, it's, it's so frustrating. And you, it's like you, you can see that the, 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 the road is out ahead of you and you're going to go off the cliff, and yet— And you're going to keep driving anyway. 100 yes. miles right at it. 100 miles an hour right at it. Well, best of luck to you tackling the sanity. Um, good luck to you. Thank you for calling in on this. I really do appreciate it. All right. Thanks a lot, Eric. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Sure. Senator uh, Pete Pete um, Ricketts of Nebraska. Uh, see, I've always – so I know all his brothers, and I've got to say, okay, which brother am I talking to? <laughs> Pete Ricketts. Uh, he was the governor of Nebraska, now the senator from Nebraska. And, and it just the opening point here was important that – for all of the talk in Washington among the Democrats that they really legitimately want to fund Israel, they're holding Israel funding hostage as leverage to get other things that they want, as opposed to just funding Israel. Fund Israel, guys. It was deeply funny, though, to watch Raphael Warnock of Georgia be the one to object and object and object and object and object to funding Israel. Uh, he's the one who objected for the Democrats, put him in a difficult position. We'll be back. Guys, if you're a small, mid-sized business, you're struggling with HR issues, you have employees not showing up, or you got to do a termination, you need onboarding of employees, maybe there's a sexual harassment complaint, you want an HR manager, you don't want to be the bad guy with your employees, Bambi can play the role of HR for you. $99 a month, available by phone, email, real-time chat, they do onboardings, terminations, they help your team members get to peak performance, and your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations regardless of which state. They're great. Now, they're U.S.-based. They, you got somebody to talk to who's dedicated to your team. They give you access to HR expertise, and they add personal touches. So even though they're outsourced by your company, they really feel like they're a part of your team. That matters. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type in Eric Erickson under podcast. When you sign up, it'll help my show. Bambi.com, B-A-M-B-E-E.com, Bambi.com, Eric Erickson in the podcast tab. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Uh, um, I, I'm sorry. This is one of those days where I should have looked at it during the break. So there's a company, at Atomo Coffee, Atomo Coffee. I don't know. It's a startup. And it's making coffee products from plant waste, a beanless espresso. Why? Because it's good for the environment. Oh, good Lord. Y'all, there are times we should run this show on full delay just for my own language sake. Good gracious. 
Founded in 2018, Seattle-based Adamo has previously been selling a canned cold cold brew product. The company has a breakthrough in making espresso grounds out of plant waste. Don't you know the coffee farming industry is a leading cause of deforestation in Brazil and Indonesia? And it's affected by climate change. So we did good, great. Y'all, they want us to eat impossible burgers that are impossible to eat. It's like uh, it's, it's a trans burger. It's plant protein that identifies as a cow. I know. You know what? The cow, the cow is the greatest plant-based food you can eat because a cow only eats plants. Therefore, the cow is a plant-based protein. And now this coffee. This, this coffee that's not coffee, it's from plant waste flavored to taste like espresso. No, 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 no. Environmentalists, stop. You, you discredit yourself. You discredit your cause. Listen, I'm willing to concede the climate is changing. Maybe not as much as you want me to when it comes to is it human or is it natural and, and other factors. But, yeah, I think it's obvious the climate is changing. But I'm not giving up my cow. And I'm not giving up my gas-guzzling SUV. I, I'm not giving this stuff up. Do better. The, this whole idea of you're going to force us to be a vegetarian, you're going to force us into a battery-powered car. You know, you got Xi Jinping in San Francisco today uh, taking over the city, which is appropriate. They might as well give them to the commies. And that whole country is cornering the market on rare earth minerals to make the electric vehicles that nobody wants to buy, that the Biden administration wants to force you into. And the whole thing is foolish nonsense. We have got to do better, y'all. Come on. We got to do better here. This is not a good setup for any of us. Uh, and, and the idea of the impossible meats and the beyond meats, listen, if you want to eat them, that is fine. I just resent like hell the idea that so many people think the rest of us should be forced to eat them and to limit our consumption of cows like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the like. Uh, I'm not going to limit my consumption of tasty cows uh, just so you can sleep well at night after you've gotten off your private jet and gotten into your SUV and gone to your mansion on the beach from your mansion in the city. Absolutely not. I'll take global warming more seriously when you people on the left start taking it more seriously. Beanless espresso made from plant waste and superfoods like date pits, Maya nuts, guava, and lemon. No, thank you. God bless you if you want to try it. Just give me real coffee. Not iced coffee either. Real coffee that's hot. Okay, I got to move on. Let me tell you about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. We can clean up the air of this nonsense with the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. It wipes out noxious odors like the odors left behind by the hippie environmentalist who doesn't wear deodorant. You can wipe out those odors. You can wipe out the pet odors, the litter box odors, the smoke odors from the people who smoked in the rental car ahead of you. You can fire it up with a USB cord plugged into a car USB outlet. You can plug it directly into a wall, whatever you need. It works. You get three of them for less than $200 at EdenPureDeals.com. You put in the code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K at EdenPureDeals.com. So the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, you get one for upstairs, downstairs, your basement, your RV, your travel bag, wherever you need them. They're a little bit bigger than your hand. They pack a wallop. They wipe out odors. They're also an air purifier, so they get rid of dust and pollen floating in the air, and you don't need a filter subscription. They're filterless. They work great. What you do is go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's the website, EdenPureDeals.com. You'll see a discount code box on the front page of the site. You put in Eric, E-R-I-C-K, You'll get three of them for less than $200. 
saving $200, and you get free shipping at EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code ERIC. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome. It's Eric Erickson. I'm delighted to have you with me across the country from Atlanta, Georgia. It's gotten chilly outside. The phone number here, 877 877- Nine seven three seven four two five. I want to go to Arlene, who happened to be on the National Mall yesterday. Arlene, welcome to the show. How was the rally? Eric, thank you. It was absolutely magnificent. Almost 300,000 people on the National Mall. I'm a Christian, and there were a number of us there as well, because we support the Jewish people here in our country, and certainly in Israel, who has suffered so much evil recently. So what was the energy like there in the mall? And and, and more importantly, how many people in ski masks were around you? And did you hide your face, too, out of shame for being there? (laughs) (laughs) Eric, you know, one reason it was so phenomenal, there was such a sense of joy and camaraderie and unity. And I, along with uh, other Christians, uh, and we helped recruit people to come, we wore a T-shirt that said, Christians stand with Israel. And Eric, so of course, most of the people attending the rally were in the Jewish community. And so many of our Jewish friends, when they would see our shirts, they would make an effort to come toward us and say, thank you so much. And our message to everyone that came by to say hello, we said, you're not alone. So there was a great atmosphere. And Eric, I didn't hear of or observe any kind of violence or any kind of scuffle among 300,000 people. It's a, it's a huge contrast between the way that Jewish and Christian people stand together on a very important issue and how these evil people in the other demonstrations across the world don't even know sometimes what they're protesting. Now, Arlene, I, I got to ask you one more question. You, you've mentioned a couple sure. of times now Christians for Israel. Uh, I hear all the time from progressives that the reason Christians support Israel is that uh, we got to bring about the end times, and and at some point we're going to make sure all the Jews go to hell, but we got to have them support the apocalypse first so Jesus comes back in. Can you just, just confirm or deny that you're supporting Israel because you want to bring about the apocalypse? <laughs> I, I deny that, Eric, and every Christian that I know that is a friend to Israel and other Jewish people That is not our role. We have to depend on God to do as he pleases in this world. Our role is to stand with our Jewish friends. We understand we have differences, but this is not, we don't have the power to bring such a, the end times into existence. And honestly, Eric, that's a form of propaganda against us as Christians. Mm -hmm. There are so many sincere Christians 
who are standing with Israel. And the other thing I wanted to mention, Eric, the thing that <laughs> drew me to calling your telephone number is when you had um, I don't, one of the senators on your program just a few minutes ago, he was talking about how the Democrats in the Senate would not vote on the, the um, extra monies for Israel at this time. Well, I heard Senator Schumer myself yesterday on the stage rallying everybody with cheers and bring the hostages home and all sorts of excellent remarks. And then to hear that yesterday the Senate would not vote, the Senate Democrats would not vote on an on a issue where they broke it out from other issues. And honestly, Eric, this issue about Israel has just as much to do with freedom-loving countries like ours as it does with Israel, because if Israel loses this battle, which I don't think it will, it's going to affect the entire world. Mm -hmm. And Senator Schumer, as I recall, did not say no ceasefire. But the Speaker of the House, Johnson, when he said no ceasefire, there was an enormously favorable reaction. So there was a lot going on yesterday, but that's the the comment that was made mm -hmm. by members of Congress. There were five or six members from both parties because there are, you know, strong Israel support from Democrats and Republicans. Mm -hmm. But it sort of takes a vacation in certain situations. Yeah. But I was so encouraged with what Speaker Johnson said when he said no ceasefire, because those of us who have common sense, <laughs> we understand the difference between good and evil. Right. We understand that every single time that Hamas or any of the Palestinian leaders, now I'm not talking about the everyday man and woman of Palestinians, right. they right. have rejected every single peace initiative that Israel has offered since their founding 75 years ago. So we understand that if a ceasefire does take place, and of course, President Biden and others, uh, you know, who are calling for ceasefires, they don't really understand the true nature of Hamas terrorists. These are people who have built the largest terror infrastructure in the world. Eric, we're talking sophistication. Oh, yeah. Underneath. 300 underneath miles of tunnels and the like. It, it, it's, it's crazy. You know, Arlene, I got to let you go there, but I, I appreciate it. And, and I wanted y'all to hear from Arlene, who was at the rally, who is just an American citizen who cares about this issue, who is there, who is informed about the situation, who, who heard Chuck Schumer say they were going to fund Israel, but yet he intends to hold the funding hostage to get other things done, which is absurd when the funding needs to be funded. So what does the money go to for Israel? Well, we've been helping Israel replenish their Iron Dome missiles, which take down the Hamas rockets, among other things. And and they're running low on, on Iron Dome resources and, and need our help. And Schumer is holding them hostage. And here's Arlene, who's there, who heard him say he was going to fund it, who who is a Christian American who doesn't support Israel because she wants to bring about the apocalypse, all the things the left says. She cares about this issue. She knows right from wrong. She knows which side is right, which is wrong.
And and you could hear that she understands the issues, and so many people in the media would have you believe people like Arlene are ill-informed when she's not. She knows her stuff. Juan, going to go to you next. Welcome to the show, Juan. Hey, Eric. How you doing? Good. What's going on? Well, so first off, thank you for all that you do. Um, I just got back from a few years being uh, – stationed overseas and i tell you you're the only reliable voice i can count on to give me well i, I mean thank you for what you do being the stationed good, overseas. You know, the thank you no no of course i love it it's a dream job but the um my question here is with all the really big events we have going on in the world you know the tensions building internationally the financial crisis the you know the budget needing to be passed you've got all these huge issues happening and we've got all these other petty squabbles going on in Congress. So you got like, um, so my question to you really is, how do you pick the timing to pick these fights, right? Because the fights have to happen at some point. Like the impeachment of Mayorkas has to happen at some point or should happen at some point. But is now really the time to kind of push this stuff yet forward? What's your opinion on that? Oh, my goodness. That is such a good question. Um, so let, let's, let's take the Mayorkas one right now. Um, for those who don't know, and, and by the way, I, I was was going to yesterday. I wound up scrapping uh, a lot of it because I was going to talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene from Georgia pushed through a resolution, tried to push through a resolution to immediately impeach uh, Alejandro Mayorkas of uh, the Department of Homeland Security, which I support impeaching him. And eight Republicans, including some of the more prominent leadership Republicans, voted with the Democrats to kill it. And I, I couldn't believe they would. And I was talking to a friend of mine who actually voted for Marjorie Taylor Greene's side. But he said the reason that, that it was killed by these eight leadership Republicans is because there's already an inquiry underway. And it's a, it is an inquiry to collect evidence to build a case for impeachment. And that they did not want to rush into him. So Marjorie Taylor Greene's uh, amendment would essentially force impeachment to happen immediately. When there's actually an expeditionary uh, hearing happening in the House Immigration Committee to collect all the evidence to force the impeachment, so they want the, the these eight leaders Republicans are like this is we're we're already going to impeach him, but we want to build up the evidence collection first before we make the case for why he should be impeached to the public. We we don't want to rush it through because you and I know he needs to be impeached, but we want to build a persuasive case to the rest of the public to show it, and and so they short circuited it. Each of these fights, I, I think the Republicans try to, and the Democrats do it on their side too, they try to pace them out for maximum impact with the public. And part of the thinking was the public right now is focused on Israel. So we need to keep that at the forefront. If the House began impeachment proceedings on uh, Mayorkas immediately, uh, it would overshadow everything we're dealing with with Israel. It would overshadow Hunter Biden. It would overshadow these things. So let's do it at a deliber deliberate place. Our pace. Now, some of the fights are spending fights, like the government shutdown. So I have in my hands an actual paper copy of the Wall Street Journal. You know, I, I would subscribe to the Wall Street Journal in print, except it doesn't show up until after I'm on air. I remember I used to be able to get it. It would show up in the mornings. But my neighbor in my office, so I've, I, I've got an office now. I'm no longer doing the show typically out of my house. I go to an office. And there's an office suite next to me, and they've moved out. And so the guy was kind enough to assign his his subscription to me. But it shows up like 1 or 2 in the afternoon. Depends on the mail coming. 
I don't like that. I want a print copy. I would prefer a print copy of the newspaper, but I happen to have it in time for this right here so you can hear the rustling of the page. House lawmakers approved a plan Tuesday that would continue funding federal agencies until early next year, a critical step in averting a partial government shutdown with Speaker Mike Johnson relying heavily on Democratic votes to get his bill across the finish line. The 336 to 95 vote exceeded a two-thirds threshold required under a special procedure employed by Johnson to sidestep internal Republican disagreement. The measure still requires approval from the Democratic-controlled Senate, where the leaders of both parties have signaled support, though timing was uncertain. The bill's passage showed many lawmakers had little appetite for brinksmanship just ahead of their Thanksgiving break, opting for a clean measure that extends funding at current levels but pushes off fights over issues including border security, federal spending levels, and Ukraine funding just ahead of the vote. House Democratic leaders threw their support behind the bill, saying it avoided, quote, harmful cuts and extreme right-wing policy writers. From the Wall Street Journal, my ink-stained hands now. Gosh, I love a real newspaper. I wish I could get it delivered in the morning. But the, notice they waited. So the government shutdown would happen on Friday. The government shutdown would happen on Friday. They waited until the last minute to get this done to force the Senate to go along with it so no one in the Senate could come up with creative ideas on what else to do. And this forces the Senate's hand now. The Senate expected to cram something down through the House throat, but to his credit, Mike Johnson reached out to Schumer, reached out to the Democrats, reached out to the Republicans and said, hey, I'm new to the job. Give me some time. We'll we'll pass the appropriations bills. Let's let's kick it down the road, and and they did. Um, but to Juan's point, this was all by design. Wait until the last minute brinksmanship. You don't want to re- risk a government shutdown, and they forced it, and it's worked for Johnson. He gets his first big win. The Democrats helping him do it. Matt Gates isn't happy, but the Republicans won't oust him. The bitter irony here is what Mike Johnson just did is what Kevin McCarthy uh, proposed that got him thrown out of office. Uh, Ironies know no bound. Now, let me tell you about Stamps.com. Your holiday season is upon you, and you've got shipping to do, and you don't want to go stand in line. Life is too short to stand in line at the post office or UPS. So if you go to Stamps.com, you can take advantage of the UPS and post office shipping rates. You can get up to 84% off. And you can find the fastest, you can find the quickest shipping options, whatever you need to get your package wherever you need it to go. If you're a small business or if you're someone shipping out a lot of Christmas packages, this is the way to go. All you need is a computer and a printer. You can print your labels, put it on the package, and off it goes. You can even arrange pickup at your house so you do not have to go stand in line. Y'all, I take advantage of this option so I do not have to stand in line. I don't want to stand in line and get recognized and have to talk politics with someone. So UPS shows up at my place, picks up my packages, and away they go. It's fantastic. You can do it too. You don't have to be me. You can do it. And they'll even send you a free digital scale. All you have to go do is go to stamps.com, click the microphone, put in my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K. They'll give you free shipping, limited time offer, a free digital scale. There's no long-term commitment. There's no contract to sign. You just start shipping your packages. Put in the address online, print the label on your printer, stick it on the package, and away it goes. You arrange pickup at your office or your home. Stamps.com, click the mic, put in my name, Eric, and get this amazing offer. Get shipping, save money, don't stand in line. Do it all today with Stamps.com.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome. I got to play you some audio. Uh, there's been a, a much hullabaloo over Speaker Johnson on CNBC saying uh, there really is no separation of church and state in this country. And uh, they actually willfully, I think, uh, have mischaracterized him. Well, of, of course they did. They don't like the guy. The Speaker of the House was on with CNBC, Andrew Ross Sorkin, uh, him and Han trying to ask him a question about praying on the floor of the House, something that happens with a chaplain every day, by the way. Listen to this, though. He's been so badly taken out of context. He's actually right in what he says. I think it was the first day that uh, you had been uh, sworn in. It appeared uh, that you had were praying uh, on the floor uh, of Congress with a number of other uh, congressmen. And there is a question about the separation of, of church and state. Uh, we often talk on this show about uh, folks, uh, about whether religion should play a role uh, inside a company, whether people should be allowed to, to pray inside a company, there's one thing to, to pray outside and to, to have your faith, and, and, and there's a great importance in that. But how do you think about that, and how do you think about the public perception of that? Listen, faith, our deep religious heritage and tradition, is a big part of what it means to be an American. When the founders set this system up, they wanted a vibrant expression of faith in the public square because they believed that uh, a general moral consensus and virtue was necessary to maintain this grand experiment in self-governance that we created, a government of, by, and for the people. We don't have a king in charge. We don't have a middleman. So we've got to keep morality amongst us so that we have accountability. And so they, they wanted faith to be a big part of that. The, the separation of church and state is a, is a misnomer. People misunderstand. Standard. Of course, it comes from a phrase that was in a letter that Jefferson wrote. It's not in the Constitution. And what he was explaining is they did not want the government to encroach upon the church, not that they didn't want principles of faith to have influence on our public life. It's exactly the opposite. Washington said, of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. And John Adams came next and he said, our Constitution is made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. They knew that it would be important to maintain our system. And that's why I think we need more of that. Not an establishment of any national religion, but we need everybody's vibrant expression of faith because it's such an important part of who we are as a nation. He's right. And the atheists are having a meltdown today. The progressives are having a meltdown today. The, the problem is, well, their religion is the one wholly incompatible with the values of the United States. Uh, those who are anti-theists, those who, who hate religion, uh, they've built up their own religion where they worship themselves and nothing else. And uh, they define their morality in relativistic terms. What's good for them isn't good for you, but what's good for them is what they want for everyone else. Um, and that's the problem. The, the, that's the hostility out there. Johnson is not wrong. Now, he himself pushed out this clip. Um, he said, lots of misleading headlines. Take a look at what I actually said. And when you look around the Internet, sure enough, there are lots of people blasting him for what he said. And it it's I mean here, here's a here's here's one headline. Fight against strip clubs set Speaker Mike Johnson on his moral crusade. It is very clear that the media polled the left and found they really hate this guy. 
and they want to vilify him for being a Christian in politics, um, and yet they're ignoring the the progressives in the streets chanting death, death to the Jews. That they, they, they can't cover that because those are their subscribers, so they cover this instead. Absolutely bizarre. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a great rest of the day. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.